1: Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard.
2: Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're heard in over 60 countries around the world we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. On this program, we love entrepreneurs, people that are creative and who make something out of nothing. This show's all about being an entrepreneur, having enough guts to break out of the routine, to put everything you've got on the line and to do something that you really enjoy doing and create something new. Okay, let's look at the week's news. Apple's time at the top of China's smartphone market's been very short-lived. Apple completely dominated China's smartphone market in the final quarter of 2014 and the first quarter of 2015, after they launched iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. However, Apple's newest iPhones are now 10 months old, and in the meanwhile, Chinese competitors have launched a bunch of new mid-range phones. So even though it's only been 10 months, it's enough to knock them out of the top of the uh, the smartphone market. The world's extremely competitive. For all of us who um, have all our facilities, it's difficult It's just difficult to get through your day-to-day life these days. So I often imagine how difficult it must be for people who have some sort of disability. And uh, this week came the story of a new watch that lets blind people read real-time smartphone data in Braille. Now, that's pretty cool to be able to a watch and be able to read data in Braille. And it uses a movable braille interface made of magnets and pins that are strapped to the watch, strapped to the wrist like a watch. And uh, up until now, visually impaired smartphone users have had to rely on Siri to find their way around the internet and digital world. But this new device may change their experience completely by instantly turning text messages and other information into braille on the watch. It's called the Dot, and it's a device that straps around the wrist like a watch, uses magnets and a grid of pins to create four braille characters at a time, and they change at adjustable speeds, allowing users to read text messages and use apps on any device via Bluetooth. So this will allow blind people to interact with their devices on their own terms. And while this kind of technology is not Exactly groundbreaking. Transferring information to another mobile device certainly is. The other great thing about this um, device that I love is that when it arrives in the US this December, it'll sell for less than 300 bucks. So the dot can be their lifeline. People can learn Braille and access everyday information through their fingers. Wow. What a great piece of technology that is. Now, this show is all about entrepreneurs, and I admire anyone who creates something new and becomes hugely successful, even if they invent something that I absolutely do not like. Huh. Such is the case with that enormously annoying selfie stick. Now, the guy who invented the selfie stick is now a multi millionaire. You see the bloody things everywhere. I tend to think that selfie sticks are an annoying fad that as soon as they go away, the better. However, you can't argue with the fact that the bloody things are like that other hideous piece of today's culture, tattoos. They are everywhere, and selfie sticks have been banned in millions of places like concerts and sports events and theme parks, but they still continue to be everywhere. Wayne Fromm, a Canadian inventor, is the father of the modern selfie stick. Thanks a lot. And uh, Fromm filed the earliest US patent for a selfie stick in 2005. Then he brought it to market. Fromm's version of the selfie stick is called the QuickPod, and it's been selling in one form or another since 2006. Now, the selfie craze... Has reached um, fever pitch, I guess you could say, and uh, he started to see knockoffs coming from all over the world. He's even seen knockoffs in the US that have got promotional photos of his own daughter on them. <laughs> so somebody's knocked them off and stuck his own kid on the knockoffs. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so, in the face of all these knockoffs, there wasn't much that he could do. So um, he realised he. Was very difficult to protect, so he doubled down on quality and just aimed at the high end market. And uh, it worked. From's products are in Best Buy and Target, and they're sold in 42 countries. God, and what about the knockoffs? Well, from doesn't worry about it, he's found his niche, he's made a truckload of money, he's a very happy little camper. Another piece of great news this week is that Silicon Valley philanthropists are going to invest 40 million dollars in startups that help diversify the tech world. Silicon Valley pioneer and philanthropist Mitch Kapor announced that he and his wife are going to spend 40 million over three years to push Silicon Valley towards greater diversity. They'll focus a large part of their efforts on companies that have founders from historically underrepresented communities, which means racial minorities, um, women of any background, etc. The lion's share of the pledge, 25 million bucks, will be invested in tech startups that work to close the achievement gap between these underrepresented groups and. the people who dominate tech, which are white 25 to 40-year-old men. So the startups they invest in will be companies that have both minority and women founders and the, whose core mission is helping to close various gaps between demographic groups. That's got to be good. But we've got to the stage where there is just way too much gap between the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots, those with opportunities and those without. And uh, we have to do something about it, and it's good to see that it starts in Silicon Valley. That's a good thing. So one of the startups they're um, they're helping is Pigeon.ly, which focuses on the American prison system, another problem, and is founded by a formerly incarcerated African-American man, the company's first project was to radically reduce the cost of phone calls between those in prison and their family members. You know, when you're earning 26 cents an hour or something, you've got to pay for your phone calls. It gets to be a pretty tough burden. The um, And it might sound minor to uh, think that, you know, this guy's got all this money and what's he going to do? They're going to help people pay for phone calls? Well... The reality is that it's of huge importance, really, because we know that the rate of reoffending goes down dramatically when people in prison have continuing access to people in their communities, families, and friends. So, the more people in prison can speak to families and friends on the outside, the less chance they've got of being finding themselves back in the slammer. So, that's got to be a good thing. Uh, startups like pigeon.ly hit on both angles and that the caps are looking to support with their 25 million bucks they are doing good for the community and they are helping african american families the average investment uh, in seed stage startups is usually between 150,000 and 250,000 which is a good chunk of change and uh They also save capital for um, follow-up funding on your subsequent round so that they can enable these companies to get started and then keep going. Majority of investments are going to be in uh, domestic companies, but they will invest in the odd international company if, um, depending on what the product is, the project is. So they've got another $6 bucks of the $40 million pledge. It's going to expanding the Summer Maths and Science Honours Program for students for underrepresented groups. So STEM into STEM products, so $6 million into STEM products from um, underprivileged communities, and $3 million a year will go towards a more diverse tech ecosystem in the Bay Area. So that's all really good. Now, don't forget, if you're a company director, you're a manager or an executive, you should join the um, American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management. But this, this group's got one common goal, and that's to raise the standard and proficiency of individuals and company in, guess what, the business of sales, marketing, and management. So if you're in any of those disciplines, you really should join the Institute. You get to use the letters A-I-S-M-M after your name. It's been a great help to me over the years. I've been a member for about 10 years, and uh, it's really terrific. So you should go to A-I-S-M-M now. Join up. You'll really thank me for it. It's uh, it's a great thing to do. There's... Uh, First of all, you're in great company. You get to um, associate with a hell of a lot of great people. There's a terrific advisory board, um, all sorts of information and uh, webinars and access to free material. There is um, anybody who's in the sales market and management business should get on board. It's terrific. So that's AISMM.com. US. Now, I receive about 10 proposals a day, I suppose, from entrepreneurs. So, you know, and they've all got the world's best idea. Um, and, you know, you should look at this because this is the only one in the world and it's fantastic. Well, um, after due diligence, usually about 90% of them don't get through our vetting system and are probably going to fail. However, every month or so along comes one that could probably be successful and very successful. And then on a rare occasion, very rare occasion, we receive a proposal that's a real winner, ticks all the boxes and knocks your socks off. You know, where it, there's got to be a great product, an, an entrepreneur that has a solution, a real need for the product. A big market, no competition, and the solution's got to come at an affordable price. Now, the majority of our listeners have traveled overseas, but if you haven't, and if you have, imagine this scenario. You're traveling in Asia or in South America, and you fall in the street and hit your head, or you break an ankle, or perhaps you just pick up a severe bug of some sort. We've all done that. You're really sick. You're injured and you're in pain and suffering. Either way, you're not equipped to deal with the serious medical emergency that you now face. You have no way of getting emergency assistance. You don't know who to call and you're stuck in this foreign country. So you go to the local clinic that looks pretty ordinary compared with what you're used to in North America and uh, no one can speak English. So what do you do? You have no choice but to hope that the care you receive is adequate until you get back to the U.S. Now, this is where a fantastic initiative called Apogee.Care comes in. No matter where you are in the world, with a smartphone, a tablet, or a laptop, Apogee Care can be reached live in the U.S. 24-7, 365, and within 15 minutes, Apogee would have diagnosed by telemed the appropriate treatment. They would immediately determine the closest medical center, the hospital or pharmacy or whatever the need was, with an English-speaking practitioner, brief them about the issue and arrange for you to attend that facility. If English-speaking specialists are not available, Apogee Care will provide translators. Now, what a fantastic idea that is, and it's all for 75 bucks. So if anything happens to you overseas, you get on your smartphone, you contact Apogee Care here in the US. They diagnose what's wrong with you. You can do it with your smartphone. You can take photographs or whatever, and they will determine what um, what's help you need and direct you to somewhere to to have it done. And if they don't speak English, they will um, provide a translator. Now, the amazing statistic in this is that over 13.5 million Americans get sick or injured overseas every year, 13.7 million now after the break, I will be speaking with David Baling. He's a lawyer and a medical doctor, and he's the CEO of Apogee Care. It's a brilliant idea, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the interview. I'm Bob Pritchard, this is Voice America Business Channel, and I'll be back with David after this short break.
1: Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible?
2: And we're broadcast worldwide every week. Now this is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people. People that are successful. People that are making a difference to the world. Entrepreneurs. Now entrepreneurs are the backbone of economies throughout the world. And the primary focus of this show is to assist all entrepreneurs, no matter where they are or what they're doing, to be more successful. And to bring you stories of people who have overcome odds to be successful. To be an entrepreneur, you don't have to come up with the latest whiz-bang app. You could be opening a dry cleaning store. It's about getting off your ass and going out there and doing it. And one of the keys to being a successful entrepreneur is to be able to recognize a market niche and then develop a product That addresses it. Now, Dr. David Belling is the CEO and founder of Apogee Care, the world's first telemed healthcare provider for American citizens that are traveling abroad. Now, David trained at Kaiser Los Angeles, class of 2009 in OBGYN. He's a graduate of the John A. Burns School of Medicine and the University of Hawaii. And if that isn't enough, David's also a lawyer. <laughs> so <laughs> he's about that. pretty smart. Now, Apogee's one hell of a good idea. Um, I saw it a few weeks ago, and uh, I, when, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was a good idea. And the more I've looked at it, the more I'm convinced it is a ripper idea. And this is going to be one of the startup success stories of the decade. I've got David on the phone from his home in Hawaii. Hi, David. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well,
3: thank you very much, Bob. A pleasure to be here.
2: Now, over 68 million, million Americans travel overseas each year. And of these 68 million, 8.2 million tourists are either injured or get so ill on the trip that they need to seek medical attention either when they're overseas or when they return. They're big numbers, 8.2 million. Now, this is where Apogee fits in. David, can you tell us exactly what Apogee Care is?
3: Well, Apogee.Care is, is uh, it was an idea that came to me um, when I was trying to figure out how to help a friend of mine who was going through a really hard time uh, out of the country in Cabo San Lucas and the recent uh, uh, hurricane that's went mm-hmm. through there last year. Yep. Um, what we do is we provide an immediate, within 15 minutes, medical consultation for all American travelers abroad. Um, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, with an uh, an American-trained, board-certified English-speaking physician. That's in a nutshell. That's what we do.
2: Okay, now, so anywhere
3: that there's Wi-Fi or cell phone service, that our our patients can utilize the service.
2: So, did you just sort of wake up one morning at two o'clock and have an aha moment and go, aha, what a brilliant idea! But, you know, I'll start uh, this.
3: <laughs> no, no. Well. Yeah, well, I'll tell you my exact thought process. Uh, I've got a good friend um, and he, like I said, he was in Cabo San Lucas when the hurricane came through and basically, you know, the, the whole um, resort infrastructure shut down. Folks didn't show up for work. Uh, they were alone out there. Uh, the government was not helping people. In fact, they were robbing people on the buses. And, you know, he found himself uh, alone with his wife and four little girls that they kind of rounded up when I say little, I mean girls out there on spring break mm-hmm. and a pocket full of dollars. And no were his only resources, and his cell phone, of course. And so he got them, he rescued them, got them out of the country, but it was quite a harrowing adventure. I'll tell you, the bus actually got pulled over by the, by the Federales who robbed them. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I was sitting there, and I was thinking, gosh, you know, what, what? What in the world! What what could I have done to help my friend? And at the same time, I was taking, uh, online Portuguese lessons because my wife is Brazilian and I have a new daughter that I'm learning the language for. And uh, I sit down, uh, you know, in the middle of my week, uh, I've got 30 minutes of complete immersion with a guy who's uh, just an hour and a half out of Sao Paulo. And it's just like uh, flying to Brazil instantaneously. Um, and then I just kind of thought I go, you know I could help Artie. the the technical uh, i t infrastructure has developed to a point where we can have streaming video just about in all terrestrial locations, um, and I could have provided medical assistance to him if he needed it for whatever reason if he you know if if he got caught if he was suffering you know uh, infectious symptoms if if whatever if there could have been. We could have been face-to-face, and I could have talked to him right through his cell phone. And that's when I decided to create Apogee.
2: Okay, so let me just get this clear in my head. So I'm in Peru. I'm not feeling well. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know how to find a doctor or a hospital, but I do know that I need medical help. So... What do I do? Do I is there an app on my phone I just tap that automatically opens up a Skype line with Apogee in the US or how does it how does it happen? Just can you well, just walk us it, through it? For
3: sure. We like to encourage the travelers who are going abroad to 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 pre-subscribe to Apogee because they'll have an opportunity to provide all of their health care information and give us their primary care doctor's phone number um, and fax number so we can get their requests, their records, and have them put into the Apogee system. Um, and that way, we're able to provide, you know, complete care just like they're walking into their doctor's office with a complete past medical history. But um, barring that where they don't, you know, pre-subscribe to Apogee, yes. They will be able to log on to our website and click a button that says, I need to talk to a doctor now. They'll get to fill out their past medical history then. Um, and then they will be greeted by our, our medical assistant who will do just the same thing that happens to when you walk into your doctor's office. They're going to take your chief complaint, get your recontact information. They're going to get your current geolocation, your address. And then they're going to put you on the phone, well, on the video consult with the physician. And he's going to he's going to take a complete medical history. He's going to evaluate you from a, a visual perspective. And he will, more than 90% of the time, be able to accurately treat um, the patient, give them advice on what to do, what to look for. And if the patient needs to be sent to uh, immediate local care where they can get interventive care, then we're going to do that because we're going to know the locations uh, nearest to where that patient is we 're also going to have subscription ability um, the seventy or sixty four to seventy percent of, of Americans who leave the country go to eight countries and in yeah. those countries we 're going to have a physician who's licensed there um, in that in that country which can also consult on the the patient consult at the same time that the uh, American physician is, and they will have a dialogue between the two doctors and they will agree on a course of treatment, and if a prescription is necessary, that doctor can prescribe medicine right where the patient is, so there's no delay.
2: So it's predicated on uh, you having a doctor in that country that you um, um, can immediately get in contact with and liaise with, uh, with regard to the patient. Um, so have you got um, relationships built up with doctors in, in other countries?
3: Well, it's uh, not necessarily, uh, Bob, only for the eight countries where you know, the bulk uh, of the Americans travel yep. when, we, yeah, when we need a prescription. And that's less than 10% of the time that someone's actually going to need a prescription. Most of the time, believe it or not, what doctors do is educate tell people what to look for, what to do if A, B, or C happens, and what to expect, so that they, they're not so anxious about what's happening. Um, now, also, in the countries where we won't have that immediate support, um, with regards to a doctor who's licensed also and the employee of Apogee in a foreign country, we'll have the ability to prescribe medicines from an international pharmacy out of San Francisco and get that FedExed usually within two days.
2: So, I guess... Um one of the most important things about um, about a, a doctor is if, that if you're sick in a foreign country and you can't speak the language, um, I guess that reassurance that you're going to get from an American doctor and the confidence and the, it, it makes you feel better almost immediately, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's an important part of the process.
3: Well, it, it's true. Um, you know, most of what I do and why I became a doctor in the first place is education. To take people's fears away, um, when you don't know why you're sick, sure. you're you're let's say you're you're concerned. Uh, you know, I don't want to say scared, but at least concerned. Um, now, if you add to that a foreign locale where you might not speak the language, you don't necessarily know how to get around, it, and you don't have any family or friend support, um, and your anxiety level is going to be significantly increased. If you add on top of that probably the four to $500 American you're going to have to spend to see a physician who may or may not speak English, your anxiety level probably might go right to terror. Um, what we do with Apogee is we eliminate the barriers to access for American travelers in foreign countries. They can do it right from their hotel room instantaneously for a much lower price than they're going to have to pay.
2: As I mentioned before, I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea. Now. Apogee is will be available to American citizens that are traveling abroad twenty four seven three sixty five so there's no sort of blackout days where if you get sick on that day it's bad luck
3: <laughs> no 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 we are we're basically instituting a you know a hospital a urgent care level service um, via the internet
2: so why why not just use um locally residing foreign physicians when you need medical help. Are you saying that um, um, foreign care in a lot of cases is not as good as American care or is it um, the fact that people feel better being able to um, uh, communicate their ills to somebody that they feel very confident with?
3: You no, know, yeah. I would never want to besmirk the the quality of, of my colleagues abroad, um, but there are vast language and cultural barriers uh, to getting care um, between people from different countries. Um, when you're sick and you're a little scared, it is you don't want a cultural barrier. Um, between, even if you speak the same language as, as that physician, when you're trying to relate to them what you're concerned about and what, what you're feeling, um, it's, it's difficult enough in the same language, in the same culture sometimes to do that. So it's, it's just a, a much easier, better, um, more consistent way for people to get care.
2: So how complicated will it be? I'm, I'm, I'm really not feeling well. I've got my cell phone. And I've, I've got access to Wi-Fi. What do I do? Is it a Skype connection, or what? What's how does that work?
3: Well, um, it's, it's similar to a Skype connection, except, you know, uh, in this country, we're required to comply with the Health Information Protection Act. Right. So it's a, it's a scrambled, HIPAA-compliant website that's completely secure. And you just log on to apogee.care, A-P-O-G-E dot C-A-R-E, and our website's right there. You can subscribe uh, via PayPal or with a credit card, um, and then you'll be immediately put in touch with
2: our physicians. So you have physicians on call Twenty four seven, three sixty five. 7 365. I do. Fantastic. I love it. Um, so, you've got quite a... I was looking at the management team, and uh, you've got one hell of a management team involved in this project. Um, it's really a um, medical and travel technology project, I guess. So, you've got seasoned physicians, people like yourself, but you also have got... You've got leaders in the travel industry. You've got um, leaders in the IT industry. And people who have been successful with startups before. So you look like you've really covered your basis.
3: Well, thank you, Bob. Um, you know, it's. I'll be honest, this is my first startup. You know, as you kind of told people, I kind of spent a lot of time training um, yeah. in other areas. Uh, but uh, it's. I don't want to say. Um, that we're lucky, but we've definitely thought ahead and got the right people in the right spots um, for this and with some very deep connections that are going to help us uh, as we branch out into this market.
2: Yeah, I think it's um, it's really smart to have people in the travel industry um, because, I guess, when you're reaching out to, to Americans, um, there are so many... Organizations through the travel industry that could be a, a huge help in facil- facilitating signups and and getting people involved.
3: Well, you know the the bulk of American travelers use an online travel agency when they travel, um, and for a lot of reasons, uh, used to be price. Now it's really convenience. Um, and, you know, we're able to reach, you know, our hottest market with a partnership um, via the online travel agencies and the airlines and the hotels.com and the meta-search engines like Kayak and things like that to really get it out, get the word out to people who are making that decision to travel or not. And um, those are the people who need to have apogee.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess there's all sorts of organizations like AARP and AAA and, and organizations that have... Um, huge numbers you know 40 and 50 million people that um, do read their publications and, and do do follow them closely that um, would be um, a really good um, source of, of, of customers for Apogee.
3: Absolutely you know there's, the, the, this product has uh, many many applications as, as you kind of pointed out um, the largest group of tourists or I don't want to say tourists but travelers business or for pleasure Our folks in their 40s, 50s and 60s and you know so those organizations you listed are, are definitely populated by people like that who are considering one or more uh, international trips a year as well as large corporations, uh, uh, American corporations keep a lot of Americans overseas every year as well um, and we're able to reach out and help them improve their you know not only improve their, their uh, employee uh, happiness uh, but also improve productivity and decrease their overseas medical expense costs at the same time.
2: Yeah, and that, that's a big market too, isn't it? I think there's 6,000 um, American companies that have got people that travel overseas. So that's a that's a, a good-sized market. And you're right, if, if they get ill overseas, firstly, um, they're not happy campers. But secondly, um, the loss of productivity is, is could be huge.
3: Yeah, they, they've got a huge investment in keeping those people over there. And you know we can pretty much stop something from you know going from minor to serious with just the right uh, with a fifteen minute call. To so, get them the right medicine, keep them on their feet.
2: So how does it work if I if if, if I'm overseas and um, and I'm really sick? I need uh, hospitalisation, for example. Um, how does it work? Do you, you contact the local hospital or do you find a hospital that's most suitable for them? Or how does how does that happen?
3: well it can be one of any of those you know the first thing that happens when they do log on to our site and subscribe uh, and say they want to talk to the doctor is they're going to be greeted by our medical assistant who will determine the uh, the emergency um, of their their complaint Right. You know, if, if we feel that they need immediate intervention, they will be immediately referred to the nearest hospital or urgent care center that will meet their needs. Now, unfortunately, and a lot of folks don't know this, they may be right next door to a hospital, but it can be the wrong hospital. They may not have any English-speaking physicians. They may not, like France, for instance, has an American hospital, believe it or not. And that's where you need to go if you're an American. If you go someplace else, they're not going to be able to help you. Um, And so that we can refer them to those places. Now, worst case scenario, we're talking to someone and they just collapse right on the phone or right on the Wi-Fi in front of us. We can notify EMS directly to get them. We can call their concierge in the hotel that they're in and get them, you know, even faster service to get up to that room and rescue them. Um, We can help in a lot of ways, even if we're not going to be primarily responsible for their care, just from our our database and our information about overseas uh, medical infrastructure
2: so you would um, you would contact the hospital or the doctor or whatever tell them what the situation is with the patient so that um, when the patient gets there everybody's already briefed and and knows what to do absolutely absolutely David that's pretty cool i I, I love this I think it's great and it's something that's needed i mean i've I travel a hell of a lot and I've fallen ill overseas before and it's, it's really scary because you really don't know where to go you don't know one good hospital it, if you're sitting in Los Angeles it's hard enough to sit there and, and find a doctor that you know has got and this is unfair I know but that, that's got um, a number of good critiques um and uh, so if you're in a foreign country where you don't speak the language you don't know where to look um and you're feeling ill and you you know you're very apprehensive it it must be incredibly reassuring to be able to get onto an American doctor who's in in America who says okay let's go through the symptoms let's go through that now this is where you should go because i know these people know um uh, the treatment and they 're good and they 're reliable, and it would give you so much um, reassurance
3: well we we think so we honestly think that we have have a service that we 're going to be able to help a lot of folks, um, you know people nearest and dearest to us, our fellow countrymen while they're they 're in their most vulnerable you know position away from the protection of the United states and uh, we think we can do a lot of good
2: and eight and a half million people that seek medical care either when they're away or immediately on their return. That's one hell of a lot of people, isn't
3: it? It sure is. It sure is. You know, the statistics that we have from uh, 2013 say that 8% of the American travelers uh, sought medical care acutely while they were abroad, um, and 12% actually sought care immediately upon returning. So, yeah, it's a, it's a large number of folks that we're going to be able to help directly. Um, even above and beyond that are people who, you know, maybe lost their medicine yeah. over through the security checkpoints. And maybe they didn't even go see a doctor, but they went without the thyroid medicine for a while or their diabetes medicine for a while, which they shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of ways we can help people.
2: So let's say I'm, I'm overseas and I, um, I'm a diabetic and I've run out of pills and uh, it's a month before I get back to the U.S., what do I do? Same procedure, I contact Apogee and I say, I'm out of pills, what, where do you go from there? Well, then
3: if, if they're in one of those main countries that, that we will have uh, local prescription support uh, we'll get that doctor on the line um, and that doctor will prescribe the medicine at the pharmacy near where the patient is. If not, we're able to get that medicine in most cases to that patient in two days.
2: So people, people are a little apprehensive overseas in a lot of these countries about their, um, about their pharmaceuticals. We read so much and hear so much about um, counterfeit pharmaceuticals. How do you guarantee that um, uh, when somebody calls you that they're going to get the genuine article.
3: Well, and that that is an issue. Um, you know, most uh, of the of the places where we're sending medicines. Uh, um, most of the I mean I mean to say that most of the places where people will need us to mail them prescriptions are those places you're describing, right. um, with with one exception perhaps Mexico, um, where uh, you know we do plan on having a doctor able to prescribe medicines there, um, but we are able to uh, send medicines from the manufacturers that are not expired, which is the biggest issue with medicines overseas. All
2: right. Um, okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, they they a- purchased them. Is that a bigger issue than counterfeit?
3: Well, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, you should not keep any prescription medicines for greater than six months. Um, You know, and and usually if if you've been prescribed a medicine for a given time and, and you stop taking it, you should probably throw it away if your doctor told you not to take it anymore. You shouldn't hold on to it. But you know, uh, I'm not gonna. I don't want to disparage anyone, but you can see the market forces where someone would be sitting on top of a bunch of medicine that's going to expire in a month or two, and would be give someone a cheaper deal in a foreign country and and send it all out um, before it expires. And who knows how long that man's going to hang on to it before he puts it in his on his pharmacy shelf. Yeah. Um, So you know what what happens when medicine expires is it becomes less less metabolically active so you could be taking pills that are doing nothing in a worst case scenario you could be taking medicine that has has metamorphosized into something that's harmful um it's reassuring. So, you know, in a, in any situation where we're concerned about that, we do have the option to, like I said, send directly from the international pharmacy out of San Francisco, which has to comply with all of the current date um, and efficacy laws of the United States, just like getting it from any other pharmacy here, and it will be effective as warranted.
2: Okay, so you've got um, the the concepts um, set up and proven. The um, you have everything in place. Pretty much to go. Um, are you looking for funding to finance Apogee.care? Care? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, um, once you get funding, are you looking for funding from anybody in particular. You don't want do you. You're not um, sort of restricting it to the travel industry or the med, farm medical industry, or so anybody who's got green that's um that's do you want somebody who's going to participate in the business or do you want somebody that's um um going to be a silent partner
3: well you know i i I think as a as a, we've got four four uh, controlling interest partners in this company and as a group we would really like some uh, one or a limited number of people who were interested in participating who had the same kind of vision that we do with regards to taking this idea which we consider to be very good and and making it grow into a, a large you know multinational corporation because there's more there's more than just apogee.care we can have apogee.brazil.care apogee.france.care apogee Germany that care and we can be making this difference for everybody in the world. Um, we would we would enjoy that. Um, now I won't. I'm not going to pretend that I'm a you know a, a extremely knowledgeable business person. I've got strengths in other areas, but I do have very very strong advisors, and I generally take their advice on on who's going to be putting money into Apogee.
2: Okay, it's it, it's actually a very scalable concept, isn't it? I mean, it, yes, it's something it that you can do. Any country in the world, and you can set it up very quickly because once you have the um, um, all the processes in place in the United States, uh, pretty much you can transfer that anywhere because it's it's um, it's it's above regulations, it's above all of that, um, and and you you know so having Apogee dot Care dot Russia or wherever is is relatively easy, isn't it? It is, um,
3: and to you know, one of the advantages of being in the United States. Um, is that we have physicians um, who are native speakers licensed in those countries to practice who are actually in the United States either trying to yep. get uh, an American license to practice or already have one. Um, and you know, we foresee basically keeping the entire uh, infrastructure and uh, support staff as, along with the, the medical staff uh, generally here in the United States. Um, obviously, we're going to have boots on the ground in the countries out there for uh, administrative purposes, with regards to the legal requirements and um, and things of that nature. But we can keep most of it uh, here, which which centralizes it and makes it a lot cheaper to to keep going when There's when we f- expand to other countries.
2: Yeah, there is an amazing diversity of um, of people here and qualified people here, isn't there? They're probably unlike anywhere else in the world. I I think so. I think so. So. What are, your, what are your goals for Apogee concerning expansion and growth, um, firstly in terms of geography? Is that the first step, expand geographically?
3: I think so, because you know Bob, I, I don't know why other people haven't done this yet, but I think it's coming and i think that you know i'm looking at it as a land grab right now we want to get out there we want to make a difference and we want to get big fast to basically impede you know, uh, competition as much as we can
0: um, yeah, build a fortress. and a big
3: part yep. of that that's right uh, Make 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 our uh, make our our travel partnerships with the big online travel agencies and the majority of the airlines um, and you know try to try to keep the level of care and the and the standard that we want to achieve ours um, and not be forced to to meet someone else's demands, but be be the dominating force in the market. And part of that is going to be uh, growing, reaching the largest percentage of market that we can, um, both here in the United States pre-travel and uh, in the travel destinations post-travel for the tourists and the business travelers, as well as in creating those other apogees I mentioned earlier in the other countries where people travel a lot and deserve the same benefits that I'm giving to the United States citizens when they're sick in other countries.
2: Yeah, when you when you actually do the numbers, I've just scribbled down a few numbers on the back of the pad here. This could be a for an investor. Now, I'm not sure of the, uh, of the amount of investment required or the percentages required, and I'm not going to go into that at the minute, but irrespective, just looking at the numbers on the back of a pad, unless I've misplaced some decimal points, the potential is just absolutely enormous.
3: Well, and and we think so. You know, when we first, when I first came up with this idea, I I brought uh, a a dear lady into it right away, who was my conduit into the travel industry. Uh, Her name is Charlene Devay, and she's been involved in executive-level travel for the last uh, 25 years. Um, and so I knew she was the lady I wanted to get started with. And we just started kicking around ideas, and we just saw so many applications that we could dive right into. The business uh, travelers, the corporations, the people who get sick already, the people who want the, the security of pre-travel, the people who want a pre-travel visit without spending time to go to their doctor. The airlines, the, the airlines are now expanding to video-capable Wi-Fi. It's every sure. year they get further and further along, and we expect in two years that we're going to be able to address their needs, maybe not even just the emergencies. One out of 604 airlines has a medical emergency that they consult via radio in an emergency room in the United States while they're traveling, while they're flying, but, uh, or wherever they are. But hmm. even if someone just has a question, they're feeling airsick, they don't know why their baby's crying, all kinds of stuff we can help them while they're in the sky
2: that's fantastic David I think it's a, an incredible idea I just absolutely love it when is Apogee likely to start Apogee.care when do you think it, you'll be kicking off in the next well four, I can you can never
3: you, um, that's our goal you know you can never predict exactly how these things are going but I can say that once we have received the adequate funding we're ready to launch within six to eight weeks
2: fantastic David, thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. I really appreciate it. Uh, now, if my pleasure. And if you'd like to find out more about apogee.care, that's A-P-O-G-E dot care, C-A-R-E, contact me here at the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and I will refer your inquiry directly onto David, who's probably slumming it in Honolulu, lying on the beach, <laughs> drinking margaritas... Uh- well, Women in tiny little bikinis fanning him. God, I'm envious. I'll David. never say. It. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> speaking with me. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show right after this short break.
1: Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob
2: at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel, the one, number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. We've spoken about drones and the nefarious tasks they could be used for pretty often on this program. There are the drones threatening airplanes, the drones acting as guns, the drones that can drop hand grenades, and a host of other things. All nasty. A couple of days ago, there was a drone caught delivering heroin to an Ohio prison yard and the spectacle of inmates immediately beginning to fight over the drugs. (laughs) There's some some people with a bit of ingenuity around. So the drone dropped the package in the uh, Ohio prison yard and the fights broke out immediately afterwards and camera footage shows the drone actually flying in and dropping it. Prison guards used pepper spray to break up the brawl we strip searched all the inmates who'd been present in the yard and uh, they locked up nine people. So what's next? Why can't a drone fly over a prison yard or get two drones or three drones to simultaneously fly over a prison yard and drop Kalashnikov rifles? That'll make it interesting. So I don't know what's next. Can't wait. Now, we're all hackers. They're another nefarious group and we know that they can get into your computer system by hacking into your toaster or your refrigerator we know that they can hack into your car and take it off the road we know that they can hack city traffic lights very easily and um, they can even hack into electronic skateboards and medical devices could be next now this is a really scary one authorities now warn that hackers can break in via a hospital's network. So the US Food and Drug Administration and Department of Homeland Security have both issued advisories warning hospitals not to use some equipment because hackers can get through them. No known attack has actually occurred, but by accessing a hospital's network, hackers could theoretically interfere with a range of equipment, including the intravenous infusion pump this could allow an unauthorised user to control devices, change doses. They could lead to an over or under infusion of critical patient therapies. And uh, security experts have found a host of security vulnerabilities, including Bluetooth-enabled defibrillators. Defibrillators—that's <laughs> a hard word, particularly early in the morning—that um, can be manipulated to deliver random shocks to a patient heart or prevent a medically needed shock from occurring. So um, they can also interfere with x-rays and uh, temperature settings on refrigerators storing blood and drugs. So watch out for hackers getting into the medical business. It's apparent that we need to focus a hell of a lot more on developing unhackable security across every piece of personal and business equipment in our lives. We just have to improve security. Now, it's not only the Russians that are hacking us and the Chinese that are hacking us, but little Joe down on the corner can hack us as well. Now, I've just been appointed the honorary president of the American Institute for Sales, Marketing, and Management, and that's the your body for anyone who really wants to get ahead. So if you would be interested in joining, go to AISMM.com. So, thanks for joining us on today's show, and we look forward to you being with us again next week. Now, remember, if you're not really pushing the envelope and you're not standing on the edge, you're just taking up way too much space. So, get out of the road and let somebody else do something meaningful. You know, it's easier. And it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Anyone can do the ordinary. This is Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to your company again next week, which is the 199th show, I might add. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Good evening.
1: You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.